Welcome to the Profitable Nomad Couple Podcast. We're a show about growing your online business and enjoying a location-independent lifestyle, all while strengthening your relationship with your partner. We are Austin and Monica, a husband and wife duo who run our business remotely so that we can travel the world in constant search for adventure, good food, and new friends. We are here to share practical tips and tricks to help and encourage you wherever you may be on your digital nomad journey. All right, let's dive in. Hey, what is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Profitable Nomad Couple podcast. Monica and I are really excited to share what we have prepared for today. We are directing our comments today towards those of you who are wanting to travel more. And we're going to be talking about traveling by yourself or solo traveling versus traveling with a partner. And we're going to share some of our thoughts on what it's like um, each type of travel and what you can expect in either one. Yeah, so as shared a little bit more in episode one, Austin and I both um, had some experiences solo traveling before we ever met. So right after high school, I moved to Peru for about 19 months and Austin was in Paraguay as well as a week, right? Is that a week? Yeah, a week and a half. In, um, in Ireland. And so that's kind of where our solo travel um, experience is coming from. So one of the benefits that we found to solo traveling is that it forces you to be open to more experiences because it forces you to be more vulnerable and rely on more people. Um, so therefore, we've been able to make longer lasting friends through our solo travels. For example, I would say one of my best friends is from Peru. She was the first person that I met who really was showing me the ropes and helping me understand Peruvian culture and speak Spanish a little bit better. Yeah, I think in addition to to forcing you into those experiences, it also it's it's easier to find yourself in those situations because you're only planning around one person, and so it those opportunities are more readily available because it's easier to plan for one than for two. So I think they just kind of come across your path a little bit more easily. Yeah, and so you you definitely can can cater your trip to yourself. And so, therefore, you're meeting people who have similar interests as you because if you weren't interested in it, you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's only your trip, right? So, you don't have to compromise with another person about where you want to go, what country you're going to travel to, what things you're going to go see, how long you're going to stay there, the activities you want to do. You just get to decide. Like, you choose for yourself and then you go do it which makes the decision process a little bit faster, easier. You don't have to worry about the other person's opinion. Yeah. Um, the flip side to that is it does make the trip a little bit more lonely because you don't have someone there to share those experiences with. And you are often um, leaving the new friends you just made behind as you're moving on to new uh, new travels and new destinations. Yeah, this is a big one, I think. Well, I know. I I've, I know because I've talked to and heard a lot of people have discussions around this topic about combating loneliness when you're traveling. And I know it's a big concern for people because they don't they want they don't want to feel lonely. And it's easy to feel that way when you're out traveling by yourself. As humans, we all need connection. There are ways to combat that for sure, but that's definitely more inherently a part of traveling by yourself because you are by yourself. Um, there's this really great quote that I, I I love, and this is from The Giver. It is a book that apparently I need to go read. Because it's super good. I love The Giver. I have not read the book, and I know it's a popular one. I know a lot of people like it. I have not read it myself. 
Um, but a quote from someone in this book, they say, the worst part of holding the memories is not the pain, it's the loneliness of it. Memories need to be shared. And I wanted to share that today because I, I think that's so true. I think memories are much more impactful and stronger and more special when they're shared with someone. Yeah, I think even if you're you're solo traveling, you have a lot of good stories to tell people, but they'll never understand it the same if they if they weren't there, you know? And there's such a deeper, more lasting connection when you have someone who had that same shared experience as you versus someone who's just hearing you talk about it later. Yeah, and I, I think we need to point out that traveling by yourself doesn't mean you're never going to have shared memories with anybody um, because you'll still find other people who are traveling. Um, when Monica and I were on our missions, we always had companions with us. Uh, we know a lot of people who do travel alone, but they meet friends in hostels and they go and go on adventures with people and go hikes, go on hikes with friends they meet and stuff. So it's not like you're always going to be by yourself. So we don't want to paint that picture of like, oh, you're super gloom and doom. You're always going to be alone because that's not the case. But the people you you do things with will always be changing because you are, you're on your journey and your path and trip and they're on theirs. And so you'll cross paths for a little bit, but then you part ways. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do think solo travel can be a really empowering experience. It can definitely feel good to take control of your life and to go out and and do some soul searching and do some healing on your own. I know that that going to Peru was a really pivotal thing for me. It taught me how to love myself really taught me who I am in a lot of really big ways. And so there are definitely some really big benefits to taking that leap to go travel by yourself. Oh, I definitely agree. I know a lot of people talk about um, how traveling on their own changed them as a person. Uh, It's a really defining moment for a lot of people. Um, I know a lot of people go like right after high school or right after they graduate college. Uh, I know gap years are a big thing. And I definitely know that that's a life-changing endeavor to go on is a solo travel trip. Yeah, and I think that can be important for a lot of people as well. Well said. We, we also know another thing to watch out for if you are planning for or prepping for a solo trip is you don't have anyone to push you out of your comfort zone. Some people don't need that. Some people are all for new activities and they'll jump right into stuff. Other people need a little bit more coercing. And when you are traveling alone, you don't have that extra person to bring you into events that you normally wouldn't go on by yourself. So there's there could be potentially some holding back. Yeah, I think that it's really hard to push yourself out of your own comfort zone because our brains really like to conserve energy. I know for me, I do not like going to museums. I find them rather boring, but Austin really likes museums. And so we've gone to museums together and we found some really cool ones that I actually did enjoy. I just never would have realized that if I had been traveling by myself because there wouldn't have been anyone there who who pushed me to go to a place that I wouldn't go on my own. Our museum strategy is we'll go, Monica will look at pictures or the art, I will read all the placards and then summarize them for it Monica. Gives me the sparks, spark note version, <laughs> which she seems to really enjoy, and I also enjoy because I get to reiterate what I just learned. So yeah. we both think it's fun. 
But I definitely think that's true what you said, Monica, that you sometimes need someone to to give you that extra push to take you to places you wouldn't go on your own. That being said, um, for a lot of people, solo travel is already an act that they is already pushing them out of their comfort zone. So you could already be doing that. And maybe you don't need further pushing. Yeah, I definitely think that if you have the opportunity to solo travel, you should absolutely take it. I think that these are just things that we're talking about that you really need to take the time to like be aware of and think through before you go to make sure you know that it could be lonely and how are you going to combat that? And um, you might have a hard time leaving your comfort zone. So how are you going to deal with that and things like that? So that, I mean, that is really the purpose of this podcast is just to encourage you to do some uh, self-reflection before you take the leap. Yes, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Perfect. Um, next, we want to talk a little bit about traveling as a couple and how that might compare to traveling by yourself and how it's similar in some ways and maybe how it's different in other ways. Um, Monica and I are much more experienced with traveling as a couple. We've gone on a lot more trips together than we have apart. And so this is really our forte, you might say, our cup of tea. Our wheelhouse. <laughs> our wheelhouse. And so we we have a lot more experiences here that we are excited to share with you guys. Um, first and foremost, traveling with a partner does make it a little bit more difficult to step outside of your bubble and your comfort zone because you have a built-in fallback partner who you're comfortable with, who you know already. And so sometimes it can be difficult to branch out and reach out to strangers and to other people because why would you if you have that friend next to you all the time? Yeah, I think that's especially true if you're in a country where you don't speak the language or it's not your first language because it is so much easier to express yourself in your native language or a language that you've been speaking since you were really little. And so I know um, when you and I lived in Guatemala, I personally had a hard time with that. I had a hard time reaching out and making friends outside of us because I was a lot more comfortable speaking English. Yeah. And when you get uncomfortable, you go to what you know, which is the person you're with. So, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, it can be harder to make some friendships sometimes because of what we just said. But also, if you are trying to meet another couple to hang out with, for example, maybe another digital nomad couple, you now have four people's personalities you need to mesh rather than just two. So, it's not just you and the other person, it's you and your partner and the partner that you're you're meeting. So, that can make things a little bit more complicated, a little bit more difficult to mesh, but it's not, we don't want to say it's impossible. It's just an added layer. Yeah. And typically you're not going to be staying in hostels. I mean, you absolutely can. Austin and I have not have. been staying in hostels as much um, when we are long-term traveling. Um, and hostels is a really good place to meet other travelers um, who might be looking for a buddy. We have stayed in a couple of hostels together, and I don't know if it was the hostel we stayed at. Everyone just everyone seems to be wanting to do their own thing at that place. Yeah. The other time we stayed there, we were literally just there for a night to crash and move on. So, so yeah. Uh, I mean, in our experience, we haven't connected with people in hostels the way that you would if you were solo traveling. Yes. And if you are somebody who is more introverted and talking to strangers or being in new situations really scares you, 
then traveling with a partner could be a way to get you out into the world and get you traveling because you have that safety net. You have that buddy with you. And so if things do get really uncomfortable and instead of closing up and, and you know shutting down, you can rely on that partner to help you and be there for support. Yeah, I, I do think that really depends on personalities of the couple. If you're both really introverted, that might make it harder to make connections with people, where if you have somebody who's a little bit more extroverted, it can make it a lot easier for the, the introverted one to go out and make new friends. Yeah, so our next point really goes back to something we've already talked a bit about. But when you travel with a partner, you have a built-in buddy to share memories with. And you guys know our opinion already on how important it is to share memories with somebody else, a close friend or a loved one. All of these experiences, all these places you go and things you do, you have that person there with you already. And so for the rest of your lives, you'll be able to reminisce together on these excursions that you went on. You'll be able to look back in 30, 40, 50 years and talk about you know, your trip to Italy or your trip to Thailand and the things you did and the places you met. And when you get in contact with those friends from those countries, you're both in contact with those friends again. You can pull up those memories and talk about them and laugh about them. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to have somebody to share that with. Yeah. I think in my experience, it has felt safer to travel with you than by myself as well. Um, I know safety is a relative term and it'll be different for everyone depending on their race and their um, ethnicity, their background, their even physical stature sometimes can have a um, play a role into that. For me, when I was traveling around Peru, um, I did go through some really scary experiences and I did feel really unsafe uh, quite frequently. But well, traveling with you, it, it's felt a lot safer for me. Um, it definitely helps that Austin is a second degree black belt <laughs> and he's six feet tall. Um, but what what she's not mentioning is that I have not practiced Taekwondo since I was 14. So. Nobody else needs to know that. <laughs> it feels good to know that hopefully your muscle memory is really ingrained in there somewhere. And if we were to get in a sticky situation, you'd be able to help. I think what would come in handy more than my black belt training would be the fact that I lived in a household of six kids and I had to fight for my own safety. <laughs> I had to fight to keep my food, to keep my toys. <laughs> so That is true. You have some rambunctious siblings. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's a good point. And you know what? You both keep each other safe. Monica defended <laughs> me against a Mexican gang while in Mexico City. And if it weren't for her, at the very least, I wouldn't have my backpack. You I might not have, have lost my your life. sandwich. <laughs> I definitely would have lost my sandwich. Okay, that's a little bit of an over exaggeration, <laughs> but not my fault, you guys. <laughs> no, that's. If you guys are curious about that story, shoot us a message on Instagram. It's it's quite an interesting story, <laughs> but it did happen, and um, Monica did keep me safe on the train because if I was by myself, there I would have been in a lot more danger than I would have been without her so yeah i think the more of that story is is when you travel with someone else you have somebody who quite literally can watch your back and your backpacks <laughs> so you can kind of keep an eye on on things and make sure um wallets and such are staying in the pockets where they belong traveling with a partner means there's more compromise that needs to happen we talked about kind of a pro of traveling 
solo means you get to decide where you go, how long you stay there, you know, what you do, etc. The flip side is with your partner, there's going to be a longer decision-making process. There's places I want to go that Monica probably couldn't care less to go to, and there's places Monica wants to go that I'm indifferent about. And so we need to talk about, we need to compromise with each other. We need to compromise on where we're going to go, how long we want to stay there. And so we're going to do a whole episode on this later because... It's a big topic. It's a really big topic, but that's definitely something to keep in mind if you are planning on going with a partner. You, you're you going to need to develop, if you haven't already, really good communication skills so that you can compromise with each other. Yeah, and I think beyond that, you need to really do some self-reflection to know what you want out of a trip and what your goals are for your travels. The great thing about travel is it is a great strengthening experience for your relationship. Number one, it helps your communication skills, (laughs) as we just mentioned. But also you get to see your partner in a lot of different situations and a lot of sometimes very stressful situations. And so um, you can kind of maybe see how they handle that kind of uh, stress. Yeah, we've heard before you marry someone, you should experience four seasons and a road trip with that person. And the the idea behind that is when you've experienced four seasons, that means you've lived together with them for a full year and you've gone on a trip with them, plans get canceled or flights get delayed or you're up all night, you're jet lagged, you're in a different time zone. And sometimes it brings out some not great things in people. And so when you're living in that with somebody else, you're going to go through those low moments with your partner and then that inherently is is what makes relationships stronger when you go through rough moments together Mm -hmm. yeah austin and i went on our first international trip when we were engaged um and it was what a month before our wedding date or Mm -hmm. something like that and on our way home um granted it was a really long long flight you guys this is not my shining moment But it was the first time that I had ever seen Austin frustrated. And that was a big deal to me because I knew that he does get frustrated because we had been together for almost a year, if not a little bit more. Um, And I had never really seen him frustrated before. So it was really eye-opening to me to say, okay, like now I know what it looks like when Austin gets frustrated. I know things that make him frustrated. And now I can help him manage that because (laughs) Austin gets a little bit stressed out in airports and airports are something that I, I handle really well. Yeah. Another great thing with traveling with the partner, they might be really talented in navigating airports. If you are not, that's our relationship. (laughs) Which is funny because I'm very directionally challenged anywhere outside of an airport. That's true. I feel like I feel like you navigate us in the airport, and then everywhere else I navigate us. <laughs> yeah, we, we would never get anywhere if I if I gave Monica the reins in navigation outside the airport. So we work well together in that regard. Um, so yeah, we have to rely on one another, which also strengthens our relationship. Um, there's a lot of trust building that happens because you are forced to depend on one another. Just, I mean, exactly what we were just talking about. Maybe um, you are not as talented in one area and your partner is talented in that regard. And so you help each other out and you're there for one another. Um, When challenges arise, such as delayed flights or um, maybe a conflict or misunderstanding with the taxi driver or 
I don't know, some sort of transportation issue is what comes to mind. You can help each other out in those situations. And you have two people to kind of keep one another a little bit more level-headed. Yeah. And you can also have some emotional support for when or if you ever get homesick. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I know um, if you haven't traveled away from your family or home at all, or very often, then you can really long for those friendships and those relationships. And when those moments get hard, you have each other to, to be there to support you. Yeah. Um, so the moral of the story is, is travel is a beautiful thing that really stretches you and helps you grow, whether you're doing it alone or with um, your partner. It's definitely an experience that we recommend, but it is important to go into it with your eyes wide open so that you can be prepared for some of the obstacles that might come. Thanks for listening and sticking around to the end of this episode. We really appreciate you being here. If you're interested in starting and growing your online business so that you can live as a digital nomad, then grab our free list of online business ideas to help you get started. You'll find it in the link below. See you next time.